What's up, guys? Tony here. Um, here we are for the uh, last episode of the season. Not the last episode of the podcast, I swear. But uh, here we are, episode 10, season 2. Uh, very excited to be here. I have a great guest, Eric Finkenbinder, ABC 27 News Meteorologist here. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about what he does. Uh, talk about, you know, I'm going to start off with recapping the season as well. And uh, yeah, have a great conversation in the shed as always. We'll so, get into talking about life. Absolutely. <laughs> life is great. So yeah, but uh, like I said, I mean, I can't, I, I said this earlier today to myself. I can't believe I'm already the last episode of the season. Like so much has happened. Um, I started off, we, I mean, my cousin was producing the podcast and now I, I have Neil here. Shout out my boy, Neil Murrow. Thank you for everything as always. I know he's behind the scenes, but hey, he's he does a lot for us. Right. But uh, I'm down one co-host, but hey, that's my, Nate and I, we're doing really well. Heck, I was talking to him earlier today. He's, he sounds like he's doing great. Recovered from surgery and everything. It's awesome. I bought a house. I got a dog. And here we are at the end of the season. What so, more can you ask for? Right. <laughs> uh, it's been a great, it's been a great, crazy season. I had a lot of great guests. We talked a lot about great things and um, I want to start talking. We're going to talk about you, and we can we can do that. And I tell you what, for for those that do work behind the scenes, I have a lot of respect because I totally understand, and it uh, that's uh, sometimes uh, just as important, if not more. You Absolutely. know, getting something like this, and I think what you, what you're doing this podcast is great. Awesome. Well, thank. You. I very much appreciate that. And uh, I want to I want to get that. I know a lot of people know who you are. I, I told a couple of my friends you were coming on and they were like, what? No way. <laughs> you got the weather guy on t on your podcast. I'm like, yeah, he's a great guy. But tell them, uh, tell them a little bit about you. I mean, obviously, we know who you are from ABC 27, but so you, you know the weather side. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we can we can talk a little bit more about the, you know, personal side, too. But uh, I consider myself a local. So I yeah. grew up in, in, in Perry County. Um, and just, um, I, one of five. So I have a, okay. an older brother and sister and a younger brother and sister. So I was kind of the, the one in the middle, uh, but the one that, uh, probably was the one, the one that socialized the most. Okay. And, um, you know, I, I, I always just, I was interested in trying so many different things. You know, I, I played a lot of sports and just about every sport you could think of except football. Okay. Sorry, I apologize. That's okay. That's all right. <laughs> mom said soccer was safer. I played soccer too. And honestly, same reason. My mom yep. would not let me play football. I wanted to be the kicker, but at least do that. But yeah. couldn't even do that. Yep. <laughs> so. But, um, you know, then a couple of my, um, you know, friends from, from school, you know, we got done with practice. I forget what practice it was, but they were doing some sort of musical tryouts. And we thought they needed some dancers. And we thought, well, this will be funny. We'll right. just go out there and kind of goof off. And, you know, we did. And they 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 sent us a, a, a message back and say, yep, you're you're on. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, OK, so we it was uh, it was Greece. Awesome. And, and we, we liked it. And that was really the first experience that I got to, to be out, out front. But that you know being on tv and on the stage that that's sort of um you know uh, the, the the latter part of the enjoyment i to me it was always the science and so i grew up on a farm right a small beef farm and um you know how i got into meteorology and how i liked it it wasn't a certain storm or hurricane or snow um you know i just recall when i was a kid that there was a little national weather service uh box it was it was fake wood you press this big space bar button and I remember a gentleman called uh, Victor Cruz, okay. uh, a meteorologist uh, from, from State College, Pennsylvania, and he would give the forecast. And I just, you know, there, there's odd things that you remember growing up. 
And I just remember my dad being in the rocking chair, listening to the forecast, planning his week, you know, in the spring and summer, what we're going to be doing on the farm. And to me, that I, I just love that 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 time. And it was the, that memory of that and just me enjoying the science and, and, and kind of got me into enjoying meteorology and going for meteorology at Penn State. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and so that's where you went to school. You went to Penn State, got yeah. your degree and came back. And I mean, how did you get into ABC 27? <laughs> uh, it's, it's certainly an enjoyable school, which by the way, when I, when I told, told my parents, I said, I'm, I'm interested in meteorology. They're like, okay, let's, let's see what happens. You right. know, it's not, nor, you know, one of your normal uh, jobs. And, and uh, you know, obviously a lot of people that do go to college, you know, you end up finding a different path than, than what you originally thought. But right. the more I got into weather, the more I just, I really enjoyed it. I wanted to know why or, or how, you know, the atmosphere worked and everything else. Um, but you know, Chuck Rhodes was also a huge inspiration to me. Okay. Um, you know, if you draw a straight line from my house to his, it's probably three miles. So he was a Duncannon guy and okay, everyone, okay. everyone knew Chuck, you know, and, and Duncannon. I remember going down into the post office one time and I saw Chuck and I was just kind of like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's him. And, right. and um, I remember I was like, okay, I got to talk to him. And I, I mentioned about uh, going to school in meteorology and he was like, oh, you should come on down, you know, and, and, and take a look at the place and, and uh, just get a tour. And uh, I was just, it, it was great. It was awesome. Um, I never did end up doing that, but well, uh, yeah. I did. I did shadow across the street at uh, 21 one time. But um, when I graduated school, I was sending out resumes to places I wanted to go: Michigan, Wisconsin, Alaska, okay, Montana, right? <laughs> you A lot know, of hunting area, exactly. So. <laughs> hunting, fishing, the stuff that I enjoy. Um, and I got a I got a call to go out to Bend, Oregon. Wow. Okay. Which I had no clue where that was, and they said we want you to come out here and and be our chief meteorologist. And when they, they told me the salary, I was like, I don't know if I can even. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you salary, but I was like, I was making more delivering pizzas at the time than what I was. And I thought, okay, so I really need to, to focus because it is difficult to kind of get that foot in the door. So um, I started sending out just hand delivering resumes to stations across the state. I would drive to the stations and, and uh, Johnstown Station said, yep, come on out. And, and I was a weekend meteorologist for six weeks. Wow. Before I got a call from the news director at uh, WHTM. Okay. And they were looking for a weather producer. So someone to make the graphics. Right. Um, and work behind the scenes. And I got to uh, to spend five years with Chuck, which was, you know, I learned a lot more about the business those five years than, you know, than, than probably the, a lot of the information I used at Penn State, you know, in, right. in meteorology. So that was probably one of the, the the most enjoyable and most rewarding five years that I had in the business. That's awesome. I mean, I, like you said, behind the scenes is so important. I mean, you're learning everything about it. Now you're doing the front end side of it. So you get the whole scope of the business. I mean, that's, that's so important because like you said, you admire how much he's doing behind yep. the scenes for me and, you know, just vice versa with the people that you work with. It, it's so important. Like, it's, it's so cool. I mean, you've been, how long have you been with ABC 27 now? Uh, 17 years. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've been watching the weather that long. All right, cool. <laughs> Honestly, that's where I, ABC Where were you 17 years ago? Uh, here. <laughs> I mean, what goes into the news every night? Like, tell me, like, how do you process, like, how do you get prepped for it? How do you like pretty much make it happen every day? Sure. Uh, well, first off, you know, 30, 40 years ago, it, news and sports is what dominated yeah. the, the show. 
weather was sort of, yeah, if, if we have a little bit of time. Right. You know, fast forward to now and it's the complete opposite. Um, yeah. You know, weather is, 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 is the main reason why people watch. Local news, what I, I mean, the, over the last year, the, the, the importance of local news and getting information especially during this time, I, I can certainly see how valuable it is and how valuable it will be. Um, but my typical day, and again, it's uh, weather doesn't stop on a holiday or on a weekend, so. No. <laughs> especially not recently. <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm second shift. So I used to work mornings too, which mornings, you know, you begin your day at like two in the morning, right. get in there because the shows start at 4.30. But for me, uh, I'll get in there around three o'clock, 3.30, that's on a quiet day. Yeah. Um, and it's not something where we, you know, we, we already have the forecast made for us. We, we make our own forecast and okay. that's, we put our name on that, you know, our face that is, is, is in front of that forecast too. So um, that's something that I, I think a lot of people don't quite understand is, you know, we, we sit down and we actually look at the weather data, we look at the models um, and, and we make our own forecast. Uh, which I'm, I'm often proud of. Now, obviously with all the snowstorms, you know, it was right. a tricky one this year, but um, so it'll take me about an hour and a half to two hours to take care of um, the forecasting. Then obviously we have shows starting at five that goes all the way through 7.30, get a little bit of a break and then the 11 o'clock too. But uh, while all that's going on, social media, yeah, you uh, obviously that's important for you too. Oh yeah, hey, <laughs> social media yeah. makes everybody aware. That's what I've learned. Yep. Websites, um, doing um, Facebook Live, uh, just there, there's just so many ways that you that that people stay connected, and it's it, it's never just one solid you know entity. Now it's 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 so many different things. Yeah, you really have to spread yourself. It's and the, the, you know they always said don't spread yourself too thin, but like in social media, you kind of have to spread yourself in a lot of different ways. And that, like you said, you're not just doing it on the news anymore. You're on Twitter, you're on Facebook, you're doing a lot of different things. Heck, people I know, I've seen weathermen on TikTok, like just doing oh different my. things. Like it, it's like, it, there's so <laughs> much to get your, to get yourself out there. I mean, obviously the local news, that's everybody's watching the local news for the most, I, I know my mom still does, for example, it's, it, there's so much to it. And there's just, there's so many avenues, especially like from the podcast end. I'm able to express on many different avenues. I got to catch certain crowds. It comes down to age. It comes down to who's using what. I mean, there's so much to it. I mean, uh, but I get it. Like the process behind everything, you got to prep, you got to learn, you got to educate yourself and get ready for it. There, there, like, there's so much, you know, you know, for, for watching the news on TV, you know, there's always that, that, that audience that, that that's what people have, uh, have been used to and growing up. Yeah. But then there's some people like, well, I don't watch TV. You know, I get my information from Twitter. So, I mean, there's reasons. Well, okay, we want to make sure we accommodate that group. And then for me, for example, I don't watch TV either. Yeah. I'll, I'll watch, I'll watch YouTube. So it's like, okay, well, how do we go in that direction? Making sure, right. you know, we're, we're, we're making sure we get our information out there. Yeah. It's, it's important. You're trying to catch more. I mean, especially like, like the local area, you are giving that information to the local area. They're paying attention. You just got to find out where. Yeah. So, yeah. But, um, now tell us a little bit about the life as a farmer. I mean, how do you balance it all? That's a lot. If you're still doing, you're still on in the farm, right? Yep. Speaking of farming stuff, I don't know if you talk about bees. I know you have a bee farm. 
Uh, I, I do have a beehive too. Bee- yeah. Okay. Well, tell um, us a little bit about that. Make sure you ask about the bees. The bees. I want to. I want to hear about that. Uh, my my job at, at home, and it. I don't. Basically, I'm a stone's throw from the the farm, which okay. is, which is great. So I don't necessarily live on it, but literally, I wake up and there it is. Yeah. Um, and my my siblings, we all have sort of responsibilities that you know we all kind of, and I I love it that it is a family farm. Yeah. And we also sort of uh, you know work together towards it. But, you know, they, they, it complements each other. My job at the station, my job and what I do on the farm, because as we were just talking about, there, there's so many ways you have to stay connected as a meteorologist. It's, it's, it's overwhelming. Yeah. And people have their ways of getting that mental escape and just kind of, you know, getting out and, and, and getting that air, stress relief, whether it's pumping iron, playing sports or, or whatever having a shed podcast. Yeah. You know, right. Right. <laughs> For me, it, it's, it's uh, connecting with the farm. Okay. So to me, you know, that's, it, it gets me established mentally for the day before I actually go into work. So it kind of helps me. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and it's always good to have that as your avenue. I mean, you have to have something I've always, you know, I talk about mental health a lot on this podcast. I mean, that's part of the reason why I even started doing this. I mean, mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's so important when you have i mean everybody has a job or something that they're doing you have to have a source of income that's just what it is but to be able to do a passion on the side or do something that you enjoy that gets the mental you have to be mentally there i mean you're not going to be able to perform at anything like you can't do your job like, exactly I know you can't yep yeah so. and i and i and i see that even with with all the storms that's going on it's like okay just time to go for a walk you right know? and i'll say all right <laughs> girls you know let's let's um you know, we'll get our winter coats on. And as much as they don't like trudging through the snow, I can tell at the end, it helps me. And and I mean, for them being around me, I want to make sure, you know, I'm not making it miserable for them either. So right. it, it certainly helps me. And I can tell it, it does help them too. Yeah. Now with the farm, I mean, animals, like other than like, tell us about what kind of animals do you have on the farm? <laughs> like, I, Have I, you ever heard of limousine? No. Okay. To be honest, no. Well, you've heard of Angus, right? Yes. Angus beef. Okay. So limousine is um, is a type of beef cattle. Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, we raise beef cattle. So they're they're red. Right. And they tend to be a little bit uh, bigger framed. Okay. Um, but uh, for some odd reason, and, and they're French. Okay. All right. That's <laughs> There's all the cool. information. Uh, they're, they're a little bit more of a leaner type of animal, but my dad, uh, you know, it was a dairy farm when he was growing up, um, when he took over. Um, he, he kind of converted into more of a, of a beef farm. My brothers, they've, they've expanded into crop farming. Okay. Uh, my responsibility is more on the, the haymaking. Okay. Since it has to do with weather forecasts, you know, making sure it gets cut, dried, baled, stored, um, so it doesn't spoil. So, you know, if, uh, if I look a little bit out of it yeah. on TV, June, July, and August. That's it's, probably why. Yeah. <laughs> and then people, you know, it'll be... Uh, I tend to tan pretty quickly too. And all of a sudden I'll go from like, you know, my winter, uh, you know, white, all of a sudden it's like, okay. <laughs> right. You're always out and yeah, the sun's I got out the, yep. until what? Eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night. Yeah. Those kind of nights. I mean, hell, that's, that's a well, lot. Yeah. We've got about, I think 80 head of beef cattle. Wow. Um, and I do have, I do have bees. So I am a beekeeper. That's uh, pretty cool. Th- there's a lot of things. We've got chickens, you know, behind that we get a couple of dozen of eggs a week right. and, and um, so, no, it, like I said, it's more of that mental avenue, mental escape for me, you know, that I think everyone needs. Yeah, that's and that's pretty cool that that's uh, that's your escape. I mean, not every uh, it's everybody has to have their unique you know, way out. And that's 
beekeeping for you and the hay and that's so cool like, yeah uh, i mean mine for me like the podcast obviously this is a definitely a great avenue it's something that i was able to create with a lot of help and you know now i'm able to make it my own kind of thing and you know i played sports growing up myself i was a soccer player like we talked about mm-hmm. that's that's always gotten me out and it, it's so necessary and it's it you gotta have that to be able to grow and develop so i mean it, it's so it's so important and yeah and uh just a compliment to you too you know how many other shed podcasts there are i saw when i started this there were i think three of them oh really i, I, think. I didn't find any so you did find three of them. i did find three <laughs> that had the name close to mine okay but i'm the only one that does it in a shed I know well, then, that for a fact. That, then this is the truly genuine shed podcast. That's yep. And and see, yeah, you're you're finding something that 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 fits you specifically. And I, I mean, you're also getting a conversation going. Yeah. And, you know, I I had had the opportunity to watch several other podcasts, and, and you're getting information out there, and, and you're finding something unique. You're finding a niche, and and that's sort of the same thing for me when it comes to farming and, and things that I enjoy. It's just, you know. I get to talk to some cattle and or or uh, vent to, to to some bees. <laughs> right, hey, and that's that's your own unique way. Yep. I mean, you like you said, you have to have a niche in something. Yeah, and that's how you stand out. Like, yeah. I, when I when I started this, I figured like the reason the podcast even started was my co-host and I sat here and we would just talk BS, have a good time, just to have a good conversation. I said, why don't we put this online? Like, why don't we just do a podcast? Every, yeah. And started doing that. And I've seen a lot of people start doing podcasts recently. But it's like, who can do it and say they do it in a shed? Like an actual <laughs> built shed. This was my grandfather's shed where my grandfather owned birds. He had pigeons. Like, at okay. one point, I want to say 200 plus pigeons before he died. This was like 10 years ago now almost. And I mean, my dad, who just walked in, he he took care of majority of the birds. I mean, majority. I was mainly his job when he, when my grandfather passed. Uh, but like, this is where everything was stored. Everything was like there was literally food over here. This was not insulated the way it is now. He turned this into his own man cave. I you mean, got I the Schrader fireplace. Had, yeah, back in the day, <laughs> he had an old one. When I was a kid, yeah. it was probably about half the size. And it was really cool. I mean, this is what he did. He'd come out here, drink, have have a beer in front of the fire, and watch TV or listen to the radio or whatever it may have been. Tell hunting but stories about this guy. That one's up at the property. <laughs> I will. Uh, he's, he tells a lot of stories, and he used to tell a lot of stories because there weren't too many of them around yeah. back then. But now he's got a lot of different heads and a lot of different. The animals, stories are probably so. getting longer too. A little bit, <laughs> and the deer are getting bigger. They now, are. now, uh, not to sidetrack, but uh, pigeons. Now, is there, I know there isn't, aren't there like pigeon tournaments? Yes. Okay, my, so, so is that what he did? My grandfather, he did two things. He used to race pigeons, do like weddings, like actually have the dove releases and stuff like that. Like I remember the process that he put behind it, like, just from learning from him. I didn't, I didn't pick it up like an expert, but mm-hmm. he would. Te- I would learn that he was taking pigeons. They're homing pigeons, yep. so you have to fly them out a certain distance. He would take them a certain amount of distance away. They fly home take them farther, do it again. I mean, that that's an effort in itself. I mean, I, I, I witnessed my grandmother one time. We took them to Philly, Philadelphia, and they flew back. Yep. All but one. Now, now the, these tournaments, is it the speed at which they get back? From my understanding, yeah. It was okay. like they had an actual path and they had to, like, they were released at one point and they had to come back to a certain point. I, I forget how it went, to be honest, but it was the fa- whoever was the fastest, pretty much. And that's... 
you know, from, from my connect, connection to the farm and, and to land and to bees and, and just the, 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 how incredible mother nature is yeah. when you got these birds that you can just, that they know where home is, yeah. you know, I, I just think that that kind of stuff to me, it always amazed me. And maybe that's why I was just always big eyed when it came to the atmosphere, like how did that thunderstorm actually develop, you know? Right. Uh, <laughs> funny enough, I, I was always scared growing up of like storms happening. Honestly, I was a big chicken when it came to that. <laughs> but anytime that like I'd see a big storm or a big black cloud, I'm going, ah, oh, shit, I'm going to go run. Like I'm going to go. I'm not going to look outside. I'm, I'm done with this. But weather recently, I mean, it's fascinating. Like yeah. it's so cool to see and i mean you you can look on youtube and find crazy storms all over the country like actual big tornadoes because we don't get a whole lot of that here mm -hmm. because of mountains that's what i've been taught i mean you'd probably know better than i would but is that why we don't get hit with tornadoes like that because of the mountains and everything um some of that okay. um, no i mean the the Back in 1985, you know, I'm sorry, I've got too many weather statistics. <laughs> you know, you probably know a lot more about, you know, football or soccer. To me, it's it's just, I'm a uh, I'm an almanac. But 1985, there was a, an F5 tornado in Pennsylvania. So they, wow. they, it does exist, it does happen. Um, a lot of the times your, your tornado alley and a lot of your tornadoes are, are caused by what we call dry lines. Okay. Which is sort of like a front. Yeah. But instead of a difference in temperature, it's a difference in moisture. So you have very dry air running into very moist air. But um, flat, yeah, obviously open flat land, it, it, it has a, a much greater ability to kind of, these dry lines form down south, and you can see them for miles and miles away. Right. Where around here, the visibility is obscured. So anytime, you know, we do have a tornado, typically, you know, it's, it's not where someone lives, you know. So... You know, the times that we do have them, they're normally EF0s, EF1s. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I do know that, you know, the when watching these systems, you know, that's what got me interested too. These storms, snow, the, 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 the moment that I retire, I will make sure I sit out in the back porch and just, I, I've taken for granted the ability to watch a thunderstorm go by yeah. or to sit and watch the snow because anytime that happens, you know, I've got to be, you know, all on, on social media, Twitter, this is what's happening and everything else. And uh, I, I do kind of miss that. Yeah, yeah, I can only imagine. <laughs> I mean, when all the craziness is happening, you're behind the scenes doing the work. It, it is. And it's, um, yeah, I just want to sit back, watch the snow next to a Schrader right. fireplace and, right. and just enjoy it. <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll probably take another 30 years for that to happen, but I, I look forward to it. And it's going to be rewarding at the same time. <laughs> so now with, uh, we talked about it, backtrack a little bit with like hunting and fishing. Now, mm -hmm. What do you, I mean, that that's a lot of what you do in, in your spare time when you get your spare time. I mean, I know my dad tells me about, you know, obviously you guys all have the property up there. Like, tell me a little bit about, you know, what you, what you do with that. Um, well, you know, it, springtime it's, it's, it's fishing, you know, and it's, oh, yeah. I, I, I love that and, and trout fishing. And now I've, I've got the girls where they can, they can catch their own, but, um, being in the woods, there, there's just something. There's something about being in the woods. When I start hunting archery season in the fall, you know, the first couple of times I'm out, every five minutes, I'm doing this, putting it down, doing this, doing that, as it gets later in the season. And I'm a person that the longer I can wait to get something, the happier I am. My girls yeah. are like, did you get anything? And I'm like, nope. And they're like, so you're going out again? I said, that's right. And I put a, have a big smile on my face because I want to go back out. You get to go again. I just, I just love going back out. And, and the longer I go out in the season, the less I, I'm... I, I lose that connection to, you know, to, to, the, to the busy world and, right. and just 
I, people always explain, you know, why do you like it so much? And it, there's that connection just to, to, to Mother Earth or something that just, you know, to, to see the sunrise on its own. It takes time for that to happen, just to feel the wind and just everything that's going on around. The, the wildlife all of a sudden just comes to life in the morning and it's like a whole new day begins and, and you're part of that new day and you don't have any distraction at all. And, and that's what I, I do enjoy. I also like seeing things like this. Though, too. Hey, the, tro the trophies <laughs> in the end, that's the nice part of it. Yeah. But I see your point, too. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't done a whole lot of hunting recently because I've just had my hand at a lot of different things. But when I was and, you know, growing up, he was my mentor in hunting and everything. And, you know, I, I started being in the stand by myself. I mean, obviously a good amount of years ago now. But my thing with hunting is... I'm not the hunter. I'm the sleeper. As soon as I get up in the stand, I'm strapped in. I have my gun sitting there and I'm sitting there looking in the clearing and I'm going, okay, well, there's nothing going on. I'm stuck. I love, I love the feeling, but then I'm just head back. Boom. I'm out. Yeah. Every time. But it, it, I, I, you know, I told your dad too, I'll keep your seat warm, your stand warm. I don't mind going over there on the property. That's, that's completely fine by me. Hey, that works. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's, it, it's, it's, it is, like you said, it's very peaceful. You're, you're to yourself. You're out and it's you and nature. And it yeah. is really, it's really fascinating. Yeah. It, like you get to see a lot of different things going on. I mean, obviously as a hunter, as soon as you hear anything move, your heart starts jumping a little bit. You're going, okay, what is that? Yeah. Starts moving. It's just a squirrel coming up the tree or something like that. Yeah. At least that's me. I catch myself going, oh, I can, I can hear him coming, hear him coming. Nope. It's not a deer. Okay. I, I, I should explain too that, um, you know, how, how I met your dad. I, I, I thought, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of hunters, you know, in, in sort of the area that we hunt. And I was right. like, there's gotta be some other ones that have the same interest that I have and, and doing more of a management type approach to, to, to hunting. Yeah. I mean, you get a butt tag, buck tag and, and you, you know, you apply for your doe tag and, and, and year after year after year, you're just kind of filling tags. And I thought, well, what if we could be a bit more of, uh, you know, creating more of a, a quality herd and management in a way that's healthier for the deer and more enjoyable for, for hunters too. So I still remember meeting at Little Buffalo with your dad and a couple other landowners and, and we talked about it and it was like, okay, I let's, let's create this cooperative and, Instead of, you know, having a 20, 30, 50 acre, you know, hunting location, well, now you're pulling together with all of these other landowners. So when people ask, you know, where do you hunt? I was like, well, we've got 2000 acres that's pulled together by right. several different landowners and we're kind of working together. So when, when uh, he comes home with something like this, I feel like I'm a part of it and vice versa. Absolutely. I've, I've taken several deer that your dad has grown. Yeah. Right. And <laughs> On another mountain, you know? Right. And so that, was, that, that should be a part of it. It's that like collaborative, you're, you're working towards the same goal. You want to yep. enjoy the same product, enjoy having that in your shed or having it wherever you put it. And that is, as long as you're happy with it and everybody's on the same page, yeah, that, that's how you do anything. I mean, that's obviously with what you enjoy. Uh, that's what I do in my creative time. Like I try to collaborate with a lot of different people that are creative to build a community because I, for me personally, I, I see Harrisburg, not to get off topic, but like the city of Harrisburg is growing exponentially. And I see so many people doing a lot of cool things around here. And, you know, I, I left and came back from college, but you know, it's, I, I see something and I want to be a part of it. And I want to help grow it. Just like you guys are doing with the hunting. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. I need, I just need to get back in the stand. I haven't had the time. And I, <laughs> it, it's, I've been bugging. Cause dad's always like, did you get your license? I'm like, 
yeah, I got my license. Do I use it? No, because yeah. I should use it. I just didn't have the time. I had to buy my house this year, but now I should have more time. Well, being a homeowner is is uh, is gonna is a job in itself too. But yeah. I mean, yeah. like I said, this the, the you know your 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 shed podcast. You know that this is great and it and, it, and it's that outlet. So I, I think that's that's pretty cool too. It definitely takes its time too. Now, and I did say I I don't use my phone. You know, getting into the season. I'll still text your dad and be like, "Hey, what do you see it?" Yeah, and vice versa, like, "Hey, here comes some or something like that." So oh, we, we got our we, group chat yeah. too. And I was the little stuff. network that we have, you know, as you mentioned here about Harrisburg, and I mean, I see these networks, and, and it's great, and, and I love seeing that, and I love seeing things that that people are doing that are thinking outside the box, and and like I said, this what you have is is a great example, and I love that. I appreciate that a lot. But you know, what do you want? Like, what advice do you have for people that want to do what you're doing? <laughs> like, what do you, advice do you have? Oh boy. Well, well, let me first off saying, uh, if it's if it's television, well, broadcasting, I tell you what, ten years from now, it's going to be completely different. Twenty years from now, completely different. I, I see that, and just how we're connecting now with other people. I mean, that's the that that's the way things are going to be going. But, I mean, honestly, you you have to. You have to enjoy what you're doing. Yeah. You know, I mean, if I'm if I'm doing this for most of my life, five days a week, sometimes you know, or like the last couple of weekends on weekends, and it, it is a major part of your life. You got to make sure it's something that, first off, I'm I'm you know I'm proud of. Like you know what, this this is something that I feel good about. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy doing, but it, it's something that this is the the only job that I've had that I have not looked at a clock. That's all. I mean, that's the best yeah. feeling. I, I've recently had that. And I mean, it's not because it's my current employer, but I, working at West Shore, I've been in recruiting now three years. And I mean, that's another reason I uh, sidetrack. And that's another reason I started the podcast, mm -hmm. because I, I'm a recruiter. I talk to people all the time. It's it's something that's almost second nature, just networking with people. It's fun. I like to learn about other people. And, you know, being that I started this company now almost a year ago, I didn't realize the, you know, the size of it and everything like that, but it really, I, I just enjoy being a part of being able to grow something Yeah, like you, like you said, you have to enjoy the work you're doing and that for the first time, I mean, I'm only 25, but I, I hope that that's how it goes for the rest of my career. Just enjoying to be able to go into work every day, not have to look at a clock. I'm enjoying it. When it hits five, obviously, I still want to get out the door because well, sure, I have sure. other things I got to do. But uh, <laughs> Hey, you're a homeowner. Right. I got to get home. I got to take care of my dog. I got to do everything else. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, I'm not itching for it to be five o'clock. Yeah. When it hits five, great. But yeah, I enjoy being at work every day. And we just got a new brand new corporate building, too. So they put a Starbucks in it. And I'm like, there okay, you go. Yeah, this is going to be really nice for a while. So <laughs> and yeah. I would think, too, you know, I. You're you're into communications then, a communicator. Yeah, as I am too. But I would assume for someone that's a recruiter, the ability and 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 having the you know the ability to listen is is much more important than the ability to, you know, communicate. Absolutely, and the funniest part of that is, growing up, my dad said I was a terrible listener because all I did was talk. <laughs> so, <laughs> but no, that is a big part of the job. I yeah. Mean, you really have to, it, it, obviously I'm reading resumes all day long and I have these requirements that I'm trying to fill different positions and you have to listen to every conversation. You have to listen to, okay, what makes this person a good candidate for yeah. something? I mean, it's, there's really a lot put into it, but I, I it, it, the listening side of it, for sure. I have to listen to a lot of different people, a lot of different 
personalities, a lot of different backgrounds, and I just get to ask questions and have fun with it, honestly. I think so. it's cool meeting. The, I mean, you meet a bunch of people, I would I would assume. 100%. So. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, recently, a lot of it's been over the phone and a lot of like FaceTime, Zoom. I mean, yeah. a lot of it. When I was recruiting, I used to work for a staffing agency before that. That was a lot more of the face-to-face interaction. Now it's a lot more. I'm doing it like over the phone. I get a couple of Zoom calls and stuff like that. But I've been just doing a lot of it over the phone. But honestly, a lot less stressful. (laughs) It's just I get to talk to people all day long and and have conversation instead of going here, going there. And, you know, it just maybe something happens. though. Like these people are are coming into the business. Like recruiting not to get off a recruiting tangent, but like staffing and recruiting are two different things. And I used to do staffing, which is still recruiting, but you're recruiting for other companies. I get to build my company. I get to build my company from the ground up and my team as well. But mm-hmm. that's the cool part about it. I I enjoy what I do. So uh, I'm I'm sorry, but I'm the one asking the questions. Now. No, it's okay. It's, <laughs> that's what the you show's know, for. Whatever and, you ask. I'm I'm looking forward to the day where I don't have to wear this. Yeah. And I mean, do you? Do you miss, I mean, obviously what we're doing now and, and doing the Zooms and the FaceTimes and stuff like that, th- th- there's value in that, but do you, do you miss that personal connection? You know, the, the handshake, the be able to sit down and, and look at someone eye to eye and have a conversation. Is that something that, you know, that you miss or not so much? I do, honestly. I, I'm such a people person. I, I mean, I was you know, social, I'm very socially, you know, out going out. I mean, I, I'm young and in my twenties and, you know, when I was single, that was a great, you know, going out yeah. and being social. That was one thing, but like even the business world and everything like that, I think it's, we've lost such a touch in, in professionalism in a way, but you have to make do. I mean, we had to do what we had to do to keep everybody safe. Obviously, I would love to have some sort of a normalcy again. I think that's, we're progressing towards that direction. It's, but I think it's got to get to that point. Yeah. I think it's, it, we can't lose that human touch. There's so much to meeting somebody and shaking somebody's hand and having somebody like we're talking here in the shed. This is a genuine, like actual great, you know, conversation. I can be on the phone with anybody. Yeah. Not everybody's here in the shed having conversation and just enjoy that personal side of it. It really does have to come back in a way. It just, obviously we have to be precautious and just, yeah. And, and, and everything that goes on i mean I, my whole thing with the with the virus it's real just like other illnesses there's all kind of things that are going on in the world i don't want my family to be a part of the the small percentage that is dying yeah. it doesn't matter if it's small or not i just don't want anybody in that so i just feel as if like a, a recruiter you know you get so many resumes to look at but i i think you do learn more about a person when you with, talk to them when you have that you know getting that handshake and just you know, feeling that person out, you know, you know, getting that connection to them. Yeah. It it really is hard to read a person by the resume and it's really hard to read a person just from a phone call too. Uh, There's a lot of different things that people do. I mean, it's, but it really, like you said, it, it, it comes down to really meeting somebody. You don't know any one resume from another. This person has a whole life outside of just that piece of paper their address and what they did. Yeah. They had like, if you did a resume and for me, I mean, I, you would obviously have meteorologist or ABC 27 and all the jobs that you had, but nobody would know that you were a farmer or nobody would know that you have, you know, you're a beekeeper. <laughs> Those things are important. That's yeah. a part of somebody's life. You're like, right. Yeah. That's the craziest part. I, I always try to get personal with people. I think it's so important to have that personal connection 
and the the biggest reward to it is people like I love when people say I miss him being my recruiter. I'm like that. That means I did something. You know, yeah. I I made that connection. That's what I want. So I, that's what I that's what I strive to have here. I and you mean, found the right people. You find the right people, yeah. and as long as I, I'm glad I'm doing what I need to do to get to where I am, and in the end, they're getting a job and changing their life. Yep, That's the best part of recruiting to me. Well, Eric, I really do appreciate you stopping in here. Uh, you know, Shed's a great place, and it's great to have you here. I know it's been busy with this crazy weather season, I can imagine, but I really appreciate you taking time out uh, to come for the season finale of season two here. Uh, but as always, guys, you know, we wrap up with the final Shed thought. Um, and the shed thought I had this week, um, I, I've had a lot of, uh, conversations with my family recently, um, and not the best conversation, sadly. And the one thing it's when I was growing up, I always had conversations with him, like all like, I mean, my dad's my role model and he, he always said the quote, blood is thicker than water. And I never, like, I always, I didn't know what he meant by that when I was a little kid, but that was what I live. I live by that. I mean, that's my shed thought. And that's what I want to end this season on. What blood is thicker than water means is obviously your family is everything. Mm -hmm. That's the first and foremost. Now you have people, you can't choose your family, obviously, but like, it's still true that blood, it will always be thicker than water. And that's what's closest to you. Like your, your blood is everything. Your family is everything. And that's, that's, I, I want to make sure that everybody you know, my advice to you with my final shed thought is just tell somebody in your family you love them. Tell them you enjoyed their presence, you enjoy their company. And I think that's I think that's so important nowadays, especially with what's going on with the pandemic and what's going on with life and, you know, a general election and everything like what's going on. We lose touch of the most important part of it. And it's right at home. Mm -hmm. I think it's so important and family. And it, like I said, my final shed thought this week is blood, blood is thicker than water. And I want you guys all to, to really think about that one, uh, listening to this podcast. So We reached I mean, a point, you know, it, it's, it's been uh, almost a year now where we've, we've been dealing with, with this and with, with the winter not being able to get out. Um, you're, you're absolutely right. And even if it's something as simple as like a text, like, hey, just wanted to, just wanted to say hi. Yeah. You know, to me, those little things, it's just like, hey, someone's thinking about me. You know, absolutely. And, and it, it, it this, I, I think this is the time where before we can get into spring and get out, it's uh, a lot of people and, you know, including my, my own family and my daughters, I can tell this, they, they, they need to have that connection. And, and yeah, you're right. Families, families always first when it comes to a lot of things in my life. Absolutely. And that absolutely should be it, that that's who you have in the end. I mean, you obviously have yourself, but your family's always there and they always will be. Mm -hmm. So. But no, I, I, again, I appreciate you coming out and, uh, I'm glad we were able to wrap the season up in a, in a great manner. Um, so where can, uh, everybody find you out on the, on the, on social media? Well, the good news is there aren't too many Eric Finkenbinders. That's so true. if you do a quick search, <laughs> I'll probably pop up somewhere, but on Twitter, it's Eric underscore Fink. Um, I do have a uh, page uh, on Facebook for a business for ABC 27. I yeah. think it's just under Eric Finkenbinder too. And um, I can't even remember what my Instagram uh, <laughs> is, but there is an Eric Finkenbinder and I'm out there somewhere. Yeah. Perfect. And yeah, like you said, I mean, you we can find you. 
And you're yeah. on TV mm -hmm. every day, so we can definitely uh, find you. So. That personal connection with viewers, I think, is is really what uh, what I enjoy the most, too. And Absolutely. these conversations. Absolutely. Yeah. But as always, you guys can find me at Tony Shed Talk across the board. You can find us on our Facebook page as well at Shed Talk Podcast. You can find us on our YouTube channel. Please don't forget to subscribe. Um, and also you can find us on any Apple, any Apple stream, anything on Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're out there, Anchor, um, at Shed Talk Podcast, and our, our social media is at Shed Talk Podcast across the board. Thank you guys, as always. Great to wrap up here. And as always, we like you, we love you, and we'll see you next season in the Shed.